0: Nahum chapter 1 verses 6 through 8 says, Who can stand before his indignation? Who can endure the heat of his anger? His wrath is poured out like fire, and the rocks are broken into pieces by him. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who take refuge in him, but with an overflowing flood, he will make a complete end of the adversaries and will pursue his enemies into darkness. And then in verse 15, it says, behold upon the mountains, the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace. Keep your feasts, O Judah, fulfill your vows, for never again shall the worthless pass through you. He is utterly cut off. The nation of Assyria, between 120 and 160 years before uh, this prophecy is published, was visited by the prophet Jonah. And this great city of Nineveh repented and that repented last, that repentance lasted for generations, but it did not sweep over Assyria as a whole. And they, again, began, began oppressing the nation of Judah through their idolatry. It says in verse 14, from the house of your gods, I will cut you off the carved image and the metal image. I will make your grave for your vile because idolatry leads to sin. When we worship gods that are either dead or demonic, we end up violent. We end up oppressing the poor. Um, This happens throughout the history of the world, and we see it today, and we see it regularly in the Old Testament. The book of Nahum, while short um, and dramatic, in its power and scope, is clearly located between uh, the destruction of Thebes, which happened in 664 BC, and the destruction of Nineveh in 612. Nahum knows about the destruction of Thebes, and he knows that Nineveh will be destroyed because it turned away from the Lord to worthless and false idols. Probably the reason this is good news and is in part linked to Um, The repentance of the nation of Judah. This happened a number of times where the nation would turn back to God and God would relent. It's another reminder that prophecies are more complex than talking about the present and the future. They're designed to draw us to lives of repentance before God and neighbor and the nation of Israel under King Josiah was repenting now. Nahum doesn't speak about this. We just have to go back through the historical books to understand this. But almost certainly, the Lord's kindness in removing the Assyrian threat from the world and from Judah was in response to the people of Israel turning back to God, turning away from their worthless idols. And this reminds us, as most of the prophets do, that God will not abide evil. He will not abide sexual immorality. He will not abide the violence and political and direct oppression of poor people that always accompanies idol worship. In this particular case, it's mostly violence as far as we can tell, but the good news comes with removed. It must be redressed. It must be, for those of us in the West that have not wondered how we're going to uh, stay safe in a global way, This can be challenging for us to read and understand, but for most of human history, there's a common and easy knowledge that injustice is all around the world. And knowing and then hearing again and again and again and again, especially from the Old Testament prophets, that God will not always, or even for a long time, abide in justice is part of the good news. And we remember again, chapter one, verse seven, the Lord is good a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who take refuge in him. Nahum means the Lord comforts and we're comforted both by how God approaches injustice and the fact that he listens to and will never forget his people. He knows those who take refuge in him.